You're listening to the Delay of Game podcast with your hosts, Matt and Wit. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Delay of Game podcast. It's your boys, Wit and Matt, celebrating a victory Tuesday. Let's go. By the time you guys listen to this, it'll already probably past Tuesday. Just know we've extended our victory celebrations until whenever you're listening. Yeah, we are still drunk until you listen <laughs> to this. Because we're going to celebrate yes. the wins when we get them. Exactly. Like, you, if you can't celebrate the small victories, you've got nothing else to live for. Okay. No, we... Go ahead. We learned on our sabbatical that we operate at peak efficiency just completely buzzed yeah the more alcohol like not, we have the more we the better we perform really that's it it's so true like bad. you know if we can find this this comfortable state of just hovering right like if we can hover this is we can literally do anything when i'm sober i'm i'm just completely useless yeah, completely useless we're in our mid-30s and we're miserable but that's also why we have football it's true it's true and honestly like this week's games they i don't think they were as exciting a lot of them went the way you expected but we did have some really huge games that i'm excited to get into i think two major upsets i'm assuming that's what we're going to jump into oh yeah can we do the one that i'm like the happiest about first If you're a, a listener, you probably know Jets Eagles. Man, you petty, Matt. Oh, real petty. You you petty. I almost had the clean sweep. I was really rooting for the Cowboys to lose. And that could have been Commanders <laughs> win, everyone else lo- lost. That would have been beautiful. But alas. Hey, listen, okay? You got all of it except for the one. They small victories, right? It all comes full circle. And then I was rooting for my friend Dan. He's a Cowboys fan as well. So I said I was going to give him good, I was going to try to get good karma and I was like, okay, I'll root for the Cowboys to win for you, not you win. Just, just just so we're clear, clear, are you are you out here making up friends? No. So I, you don't know anybody named Dan. Dan's don't exist. Okay? Everybody, You're just out here just trying to find new friends or new people I who know, aren't me. Apparently is a Cowboys fan. I just draw <laughs> them into me for some reason. I it's you're like lore for uh for Cowboys fans. That's what it is. Okay, you're yeah. fishing with dynamite out in these streets, Matt. <laughs> it's, it's easy. Uh, no, yeah, board game Dan. Yeah. All right. Well, board game Dan. If you're a real person, I'm glad to hear that you're a Cowboys fan as well, big guy, because we needed it and we loved seeing the Eagles go down to the Jets, no less. Oh, what a game, Matt. What a game. Like, what are your takeaways before we jump into? Like that everything else. We're always fucking right. The <laughs> Eagles are not the dominant team, especially on offense, that we thought they were. Or that everyone 100%. else was saying that they were. We were right about it. Uh, somebody was like, oh, well, you only have to take, like, it's just their game plan is getting too easy. Teams adjust. We keep talking about that. Teams adjust. They see what you're doing. Yes. You have to adjust. They lost their offensive coordinator, who seems to be pretty damn good. He's doing yeah, like comparison to what was going on last season to now. Yeah, I think like he was a big deal outside of losing Anthony Richardson. He's got the Colts play much better than they were last year. I would concur. So, yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. The Jets defense is legit. I just keep watching them feeling bad for the Jets fans because they had a good quarterback. 
that team would be we'd be talking about the top yeah. top team in the league. Oh, absolutely. You know, they would be right there when you're talking about the Miami Dolphins or the Kansas City mm-hmm. Chiefs. Like they are that defense is that good. And their wide receiving core is pretty good outside of Randall Cobb because that dude is just old. But everybody else isn't bad. Brees Hall is a stud. Their offensive line is real shaky, but they're doing enough to buy time. It it all comes back to just Zach Wilson is just not the guy. And the sooner that they're ready to move on from him, I have to believe it's after the season, the better off that franchise is going to be. I mean, the, the shitty thing is they did move on. And then their option got hurt, but they didn't come up like you should have known, like have a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh plan to make yes. sure you don't have to play Zach Wilson ever again. Absolutely. And this isn't to us to shit on Zach Wilson because he did win, right? Like that's not to get lost in all this, but his teams won in spite of him. Like he is not the guy who is leading the charge. No, Garrett Wilson is bailing him out on passes. That's where oh, a lot God. of stuff come from. I think he had a big screen pass. Like he's getting yak yards. He can make a good throw on occasion. Like he still has a talented arm, but just really it's the decision making that we see a lot and, of. You know, just finding. And that's right. Game. That's right. Like no one is questioning the talent that Zach Wilson has. It's really always the between the ear stuff, right? Like how is he seeing the field? Is he getting off reads too quickly? Is he staring down his receivers? Like those are the real issues with him, but. Outside of that, like this team is ready to contend and it sucks that they're not. I don't even think they sniff the playoffs with the Zach Wilson led offense. Mm. Yeah, no, it's going to be tough to put there like, in games because of that defense is so good. At least it's keeping them in games. Yeah, I was just looking at uh, Zach Wilson stats. He was 19 for 33 for 186 there and they still won. They're trying to ask very little of him. Well, you can't say that. He threw the ball 36 times. True. But, I mean, it's mostly short stuff. That's, yeah, I'll give you that. Like, the average air distance in all those attempts yeah. are pretty low, I'm sure. But, wow. Like, I don't want to harp too much on the Jets. Like, they won. They got the victory, and that's great for them. No, I think... Talk about the yeah, I was Eagles say, losing. I, 100%. I think this this needs to be a watershed moment for the rest of, I guess, NFL fandom that you've been feeding, been getting fed lies this whole off season about Jalen hurts being an MVP. He is not an MVP. He is the exact same guy. He has always been. That's not to say he can't be good, but stop talking about him as the number two best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. That's the part where we take issue with, cause he's a very good quarterback. It's yeah. Just, is he the top two, three, four, five guy? No, but is he in that second group? Yeah. Like, he's very exactly. good. He's very efficient. He can, when the guys are open deep, like, he knows where to throw it to. He gets them the ball really well. But it's when things kind of, like, break down or when the throw's not there. He has a hard time always doing it. He's good, though. Like, don't get us wrong. He's just not yeah. there yet. And who knows? Sometimes it takes a little bit. He could continue to develop. Exactly. Like, allow that to happen, and that's fine. You know, you take away A.J. Brown, this offense looks completely different. A.J., uh, Jalen Hurts' numbers look completely different. Like, I think he's gone four straight games with 150-plus yards or something like that. Like, A.J. Brown is balling. Yeah, they're leaning on him hard, just heavily, throwing him the ball, targeting him all the time. 
So it's good on them for trading for him. But Yeah. You know, so I, let me ask you, Matt. I know you and I were both watching the game. Did you do you put this loss more on Sirianni or more on Jalen Hurts? Hmm. I have to imagine it's more on the, the offense. Is Sirianni taking over the offensive? Like No. Okay, whoever is their offensive coordinator, I'm gonna blame it on him. I would agree. The only caveat I would put to that is there's a head coach for a reason. It's fair. Right. If a play comes in, you're like, that that's not what we need to do right now. Like the the end of the game scenario that they had where the Jets had burned all their timeouts, there was like two minutes left in the game. You should not be throwing the ball. I understand that you can't run on that Jets defense, but you can milk the clock. The Jets can't stop the clock. And at the very least, it's a turnover on downs and you punt the ball to Zach Wilson and you make him drive the length of the field with no timeouts and a minute left. Like you should not have been throwing at all. So like I would have the issue with Sirianni on that for not like stopping his guy. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Put that shit back in your pocket. We are not throwing the ball right now like I, that's just me i guess it depends on how much he's involved in the offense over there i don't know what his you know what he steps in to do but you're right but that jets defensive line is brutal oh they were taking yes. over that game on a good eagles o-line they uh, were- i will say uh when lane johnson went out there they started getting more pressure but that's not that's not to say that those dudes are slouches at all. Like that, that Eagles offensive line is one of the top offensive lines in NFL. No, that's a great one. I mean, the Jets also, we have CJ Mosley. He's proving some of his contract worth this year. Oh, that dude's all He's over the field. Out too. Yeah. All over the field. Like, honestly, that was probably my favorite game outside of the Cowboys game. Of course, <laughs> this past week, that game was everything. It was a nail biter down to the wire. And then, the moment you see Jalen Hurts throw into like that bracket coverage and it gets picked and the defense, I think you called it just before it happened. You're like, the defense is going to need to do something because their offense is not winning oh, yeah. this game for them. And then sure enough, like they get that pick. He runs it down to like the 30 or something. I'm like, whoa, wow. Like it was, oh, it was such a good game to watch. It was a fun one. It was crazy in that it was a defensive game. But yeah. it was still a very entertaining one because it was high, you know, good defenses playing and stopping people. So it was fun to watch for sure. It was also always fun to watch an Eagles loss. Exactly. Now, I don't want to harp too much on the Eagles right now because I'm going to want to bring them up later on in the episode. So the other game that is, I want to say, the mind fuck of the week <laughs> was the Browns and the 49ers. The upper echelon of the NFC getting taken down by the second or third best team in that division. Yeah. Like who Ooh. saw that coming? Nobody, but that's injuries for you, right? Yeah. You lose your top playmakers. Suddenly that Ariz- the not Arizona, the San Francisco <laughs> offense doesn't look the same, right? Without their two best playmakers, CMC going down, Debo Samuel, suddenly Brock Purdy, very, very pedestrian. Exactly. Well, and also, I didn't realize this stat, but can't take for granted the Jim Schwartz effect. Apparently, Jim Schwartz is like eight and one against Kyle Shanahan teams. Huh? Like he just has his number for whatever reason. And that Browns defense has been ferocious this season. They yeah, you can't discount how well they've been playing and keeping them the Browns in games. 
because yeah. their offense hasn't done much, even with the return of Deshaun Watson. I know he's yeah. been well, injured now, but yeah, he was out this past week, right? PJ Walker yeah. was in, and PJ Walker was trying his best to give that ball away. But credit that Browns defense. I want to say Brock Purdy was like twelve for twenty-seven or something like that. Like he, he looked completely mid. Like it was wild to see him come from that game against the Cowboys, and then this game against the Browns. Yeah, talk about a big swing in. Uh, yeah, and your your confidence and momentum, and like right? The hype and stuff. People after the last game, they were talking about him being a top. Yep, you know, again, somebody getting overhyped, top five quarterback and stuff. Yep, and we're here to exactly. tell you to stay calm. Like Give it again, time. it's not to say that Purdy can't be good. As I said before on our episode, it was like I don't. He doesn't wow me. I think he's really good about getting the ball to his guys and letting them make a plays, and it's between the ears. Mm-hmm. Like he, that's what makes him better than let's say Zach Wilson, who has all the tools. Yeah, that's what we keep talking about too for quarterbacks. Not to always harp on that, but it's like the understanding of the offense, where you should go. You only need the arm yeah. to get it there. And then the exactly. better the arm you have, the more forgiving things can be. The more mistakes you can make and kind of bail yourself out. But exactly. Brock Purdy has a great understanding of that offense. But things get a lot tougher when you don't have your two best playmakers getting wide open. That's true, right? And, hell, we were just talking about P.J. Walker trying to give that game away. Brock Purdy was throwing the ball, and Greg Newsom just dropped an easy. Just, he's probably still running today. If he makes that pick like that game was one you didn't see coming, but the defense, the defense, the defense, holy shit. Like, have we just been sleeping on the Browns like that defensive side of their ball of their game? We haven't talked about it for sure, because I don't think they have too many wins, but, you know, they're not doing bad. But no, I think they're like two and two right now. Three and two. Damn, their defense is keeping them in games. Because their offense is not good. Yeah, that offense is not good. And you are not getting the return on Deshaun Watson that you need to be. No, they have Cooper Cup. And they have... Uh, no, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, sorry. Yeah, I am sick yeah. again, people. Amari Cooper. Yes. I knew it was one of the Coops. It was one of them. Yeah. I got they you. Look basically the same. Like, I, I do want to just say again, uh, as a Cowboys fan, Amari Cooper, we shouldn't have let you go. Mm-mm. Like... Watching him route up defenders, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know, Matt. We let him go for a fifth. Yeah, just making sure you remember. You're the you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst, Matt. <laughs> you traded like two firsts for him. We've traded one one for him, and then gave him up for a fifth, only to watch him elevate the wide receiving core for the Browns. I mean, the Cowboys don't need a wide receiver outside of C.D. Lamb. Why? Why do you need two receivers? Like, oh my god. And anyway, the can't handle two receivers. He's still having a strong season with pretty bad quarterback play. What else did you expect out of him? Like, he is a route technician. Like, he doesn't need to be a burner, but he is also fast and he's big and strong. He's a good like, player. God damn it! Uh, got rid of the drops, and then he's been real good. Whatever. But as a Browns fan, you have to be pretty excited. You're three and two. Yes. The Ravens have weaknesses. Yeah. Ravens have weaknesses. The Bengals Bengals. are starting to come back, but who knows? Live and die based on Joey Burrow's calf. Accurate. So you have a chance. Like, you know, the Steelers are kind of who they are. They're probably going to be a 500 team. Uh, Yes. If they're lucky. 
So there's a, I mean, there's a chance that maybe you mm. steal some wins with that defense. The Ravens want to lose games in the second half. So <laughs> this is accurate. And maybe that'll translate into the second half of the season. And they just refuse to win any games then. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's to say? I don't know, Matt. I don't know. I don't know. All right. You brought up the uh, Cowboys Chargers games. Well, I guess we can talk yeah. about Brandon Staley later. No, no, no. Jump right into it, man. I was just going to say, like, his defense is so bad. <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, <laughs> like, what point is he becoming the problem? Because they have what should be a great team on paper. Agreed. I think Agreed. They've, I think they've only won close and lost close, but they're two and three now. Yeah. And they've, I'm going to bring this up here because I feel like talking about now I have it pulled up. I'm going to forget later because I'm old. Do it. Do it. They have spent the second most on defense in any team in the NFL over the last two years. Tied mm-hmm. up the fourth most cap on defense over the last three years. They've invested heavily during mm-hmm. Brandon Staley's time. They're either 28th in points, 29th in yards, 29th in EPA per play. Damn. They are a bad defense under Brandon Staley. Who <sighs> called that? I was going to say it's. The same concern you had when he came over. He's a guy who was, I guess, hired to run a specific system. And the players for that system are not in this on that team. They've spent three years trying to get to there and they still are in that process. Yeah. Which, if you're a Chargers fan, should terrify you. Because when he leaves at the end of this year, probably. You bring in someone else, like, are they, they're like this mid transition point. They're going to have to spend time transitioning to whatever defense the new coordinator brings. Oh, so I'm calling it now. We are going to see the Eric Bieniemy, Ron Rivera, like situation here uh, with the Chargers. Kellen Moore is going to be the head coach next season. When Brandon Staley is fired at the end of the season for losing games. Kellen Moore gets elevated to the head coach position, and then he brings in his own guy for defense. Their offense is really good. It's real good. Kellen Their Moore offense is really good. Very well. My issue, though, and it's the same issue I've had since he was a Cowboys offensive coordinator, is he loves curl routes. And <laughs> what happened on that pick to end the game last night? Uh, Stephon Gilmore just sat on the curl route. Like, that's what was going to happen. Everybody knew it, and he jumped it. Like... Kellen Moore is a good offensive mind, but he tends to get in his own way with all the gimmicky, gadgety shit. So if he can find a way to reel that back, there's no reason that team can't be successful. But I think you're right. Brandon Staley is absolutely on the hot seat. I I don't even know if a playoff like berth is going to do it. They need to win. They need to win a lot of games. And they need to win some of the playoffs. They have a team that, if you look them on paper, should be incredibly mm-hmm. competitive. And they keep being pretty good, not great. Which is crazy when you've got a guy like Khalil Mack, who got six sacks two weeks ago in one game. Then he got another sack against the Cowboys. Like, you've got guys. Well, I feel like they're, because of, I guess, their system, their defense is worse than their players, worse than the sum of their players. They have great players, but they don't make up a great team. Or great defense because right. it doesn't fit a lot of them. Like we haven't heard about Joey Boza in forever. Yeah, I know he's nursing like a toe injury or something, but even before then, like he's 
not the the premier game changer that you expected him to be when you took him third overall. I mean, he was doing really good under their old system. And then something yeah. happened about three years ago. <laughs> Who knows what that could have been? Who the fuck knows? So I, I think you're right. I think Brandon Silly has to be on the hot seat. Uh, things have to change dramatically and quickly for him to still have a job next year. That's my thought. Did he go for another fourth down in the red zone that they failed? Yes. Because, I mean, yes. I like the aggressive mentality, but at some point it has to start working. Otherwise, you have to stop. So the issue with that is it was more Kellen Moore cutesy fartsy shit. Okay, okay, okay. They tried to do like a little end around and try to get the receiver kind of like in motion and okay. carrying his momentum. But the Cowboys disrupted everything. So while it was like, I think it was like fourth and two or something like Man. that. But the Cowboys like completely blew it up. If you just run the fucking ball, there you go. I do like, like that sort of rollout, getting people moving in the red zone. It's easy to have someone drift like you get you know people get distracted because they're so worried about everything but, agreed but pressure kills man yeah pressure first pipes right so but you're right like I, I don't know what happens from here with that team but as a chargers fan and the lady who's trending all over uh, uh all over twitter we saw her run through the gamut of emotions That's in like seven minutes the brandon <laughs> staley experience exactly if there was an attraction for the brandon staley ride this was it right there oh, yeah. like that is 100 percent what it looks like so i do want to move on to another topic here that i i want to kind of get your your thoughts on sure sure do you think after watching what tyrod taylor was able to do with the same giants offense do you think he allows daniel jones a, an extended period to heal so he can see more of uh, taylor if I was the Giants head coach, definitely. Like, as I, the team that's playing the Giants next, hell no. <laughs> You're like, no, I need to see Daniel Jones out there. Yeah, Daniel Jones very well could be the problem. I have a hard time saying he is not. I mean, granted, Evan Neal has been awful. Like, you spent a, like a high draft pick on him, and he has been terrible. And that offensive line, I think they've had like four or five different lineup changes like it's not great for them but daniel jones is not good but because you've invested that money i don't think he has a choice like he has to play him as much as he may not want to no you mean you spent so much money and the ownership is going to want some of their money but like that investment they're going to want a return on investment yeah because we as fans it's easy to be like oh this is 35 million dollars can you imagine being the one who's writing those checks? Those are oh my God. divided by 17. That's like a $2 million check every week. That dude's not oh. playing and you're paying him $2 million per game. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got, you got a solid point. So I know that extended heel time. Not so much. I would be hot if somebody was blowing 2 million of my dollars. <laughs> Every week <laughs> for nothing. But are, would you be more mad if you still paid him the $2 million and had to watch the product he was putting on the field? Ooh, that's true. Right? Like, I, mean, I guess you're just mad ugh. either way. Just burning exactly. Shit down. Exactly. Like, watching that game, like, Tyra Taylor was making throws I haven't seen Daniel Jones make all season. Yeah. Like, Darius Slayton I, showed up. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I saw Darius Slate made a huge catch on the sideline. Like, that just doesn't happen for Daniel Jones. Mm-mm. No, there's a big difference. I, I know we're trying not to get too heavy into stats, but just a big thing that popped right away. The difference mm-hmm. in Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones is their average throw. Daniel Jones is like one to two yards lower in all the games than Tyrod Taylor in one game. Like he's was he threw a bunch, had better accuracy mm-hmm. or better completions with right. a higher average per throw. Ooh, man. I think that tells you mm. what you need to know. Like for a guy who's just coming into the system, just learning it or barely yeah. barely gotten any playing time. He had a, like some game, some of it last week, this game already yeah. outplaying Daniel Jones. So I think at this point we can all agree. Daniel Jones is the problem and he should not move ever. He should not leave. Mm-hmm that system, or that team, because we want to be able to play him twice a year until the end of time. Treat that man like the second coming of Eli Manning. Never <laughs> let him leave. There you go, buddy. Um, I got a couple other things I wanted to talk about, but I didn't know if you wanted to throw some topics in there, pepper them in there. My biggest topic is, is there a team that is more inconsistent than the Buffalo Bills? My AFC team lately... I want to say they're a top team because they go like just totally handle their business against Miami. Right. Doesn't even like let them in that game. And then they try their very best to lose this week. This game. Yeah. Yeah. They lose to the Jacks. Try to lose this game. They looked terrible for the most part. It's true. It's true. I, I think, but I think you and I can both agree that division games are, are different, right? That Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills game is different the buffalo bills jets game is different like it's not the same but i agree with you like that that team has is like a it's got a bipolar syndrome we talked about like is it that fight is you know they got up for miami they got up for that massive challenge that is the commanders (laughs) and then they were looking past the jags and the giants i don't know well i mean let's not talk like they didn't get the win they 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 still beat the the giants That was iffy. It should have been way more convincing, like much more convincing considering the the success teams have had against the Giants. The Giants had a good offense. They could have ran away with it easily, easily. And we've already talked about it, but Josh Allen, like his hero ball, that's, that's going to get them into trouble. That is kind of the problem, right? Cause he, when he tries to do too much, when he tries to like Patrick Mahomes, it, is usually when he makes mistakes. And I get it. Like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is in the same conference. And we had that that classic duel, uh, co- that duel game two years ago. I, I need to prove I'm still that guy. But if anything, we've seen like with Jalen Hurts, it's okay to be the guy who distributes the ball and reaps the benefits. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to play hero ball every down. Mm-mm. Like... I don't I I don't think at this point can you trust the Bills? I don't think you can. That's what yeah, that's why I wanted to bring them up cuz they're my team. I'm always like this is going to be their year to go. I don't know. I don't trust them anymore. Like they're a good team, but can they be a good team week to week? I don't know. I don't trust them come playoffs. There you go. And that's really where you make where you make your money. Yeah. Right? You get to the dance, but then you have to actually make noise. So if they get to the playoffs, 
I assume you still believe that I they think will. That's definitely happening. Okay, so they have to make noise in the postseason. I mean, they we talked about it. I think either at the end of last season, at some point this season, they need to make a bigger push. Like they need to get to the AFC Championship game. They really need to get to the Super Bowl at some point yeah, very with, soon. With agreed. What they, you know, with their Josh Allen window. Okay. All right. I mean, I think that was a very valid topic for you to bring up because that's a real question. Like, I know we've got a, a few Buffalo listeners who are probably feeling the same way that you are. Like, they I don't know what to make of this team. Frustrated as hell. They can look great and on paper they're great, but sometimes they don't show up. Yeah, it's true. Okay. So then, let me ask you this about talking about one team you don't trust, and then a team who might be kind of building trust, like. I don't know what I want to feel for this team. Okay. The Texans are finding ways to win. The Texans aren't losing the way we expected them to with a rookie quarterback. CJ Stroud is not struggling the way you expect with a rookie quarterback coming into one of the worst teams in the NFL last year. Like, do you think, and this is long shotting it, do you think that there is a scenario where they make the playoffs as a wild card berth? Ooh, for AFC wild card? Yeah. I mean, there's a probably a better chance they just win the South, right? Oof. Well, right now, the Tex- the Titans have the lead on them. Or no, the Jags yeah, have the lead on them right now. Yeah, that's true. But they beat the Jags two weeks ago. I mean, the Jags have one game on them at the moment. Yeah. There's a, a real chance. Uh, CJ Shroud is not making the mistakes that mm-hmm. you kind of expect. And that team, we talked about last year. That we like the fight in them. They weren't an easy oh, yeah. win. And they've it, carried They're that like the Cardinals this year, yeah. yeah. They were yeah, like yeah. the last year they were like the Cardinals this year. You do not go into there just like, oh, that's a dub. And then this year, you added CJ Shroud, who's playing great. You had uh I don't know if he's actually done anything, but I know they drafted what's his name at defense. The uh Will Anderson. But you already had a good defense, you added to it. Or at least yeah. Then you, you get one of the best. You had a tough defense. Yeah. I don't know statistically if they were always the best, but I felt like they played you tough. Exactly. Like they, they had physical. They, they had talent. Yeah. And then they went out and got one of the best defensive-minded coaches in the past three years in D'Amico Ryan's, and you're seeing that pay dividends. Exactly. Like, I, I'm not as quick to write off a Texans game. Like, oh, that's that's going to be an L for them. Like that used to be almost an automatic thought for like the past two seasons. This year, like, oh shit, mm, I don't know. Maybe, like, they're they are doing the right things with their guy, with their kids, or well, not kids. I'm sorry, but like their young quarterback. Like, they're giving him rope, but they're not letting him hang himself. Right? Like, I also got to commend C.J. Stroud. Like, I liked him more than C.J. than Bryce Young coming out of the draft. I thought he should have been the number one overall pick. Of course, I don't know on that Panthers team who is going to succeed. <laughs> That's true. What did, what did we say before we got on? They have a, a roster full of Waffle House employees. <laughs> uh, if only they had a number one receiver. Uh, you know, they don't need those. You don't need running backs. You don't need offensive line, tight end, none of that stuff, Matt. As long as you got your 5'9", 195 quarterback. That's right. But Texans are getting some good work from like Nico Collins. Uh, yeah, Schultz like tight end. I mean, they, none of those guys they, are household yes. names, really. Well, I guess Dalton, I'm not sure a Cowboys Schwartz. fan. Yeah, I'm not sure a Cowboys fan. A Cowboys fan, but you know, they're not the number one options at receiver or tight end that anybody would think. But they're making it work. 
We're seeing them distribute the ball pretty well. They also know that they're a run-the-ball team. Mm -hmm. And they're still committed to doing that, even though they have a rookie quarterback, which is smart. They built an identity running the ball, knew they could do that well, and then they added a rookie quarterback and said, hey, we're not going to put it all on your shoulders. We're going to keep running. And then Mm -hmm. maybe throw a little bit more now that we have you. But they still ran definitely more than they did passing. So yeah, that's their idea. well, and Damian Pierce, like he runs so hard, like you, he is a load to take down, right? Like you don't want to be the linebacker he's running at. <laughs> like I get that. Yeah. So I've got, I've got two more topics. Sure. The first one I'll do really quick. And then the last one, you know, we can kind of meander around there. If you'd like, sure. we can wait around in those waters. So what do you make of the Anthony Richardson news that he is out for the season? I know you were high on him. Like you loved <laughs> Anthony Richardson coming out. Oh man. Yeah, I know as a Washington, uh, Washington, as a Gator <laughs> fan who saw him play and then be like, God, you looked awesome. And then you threw it in the turf, like Carson Wentz. Uh, that was great. <laughs> I mean, he was solid. Like he didn't get injured there, but the mm-hmm. NFL is a different beast. Yeah. These guys hit harder and are faster. And I think he was bringing that, like, I can run people over mentality, which he did do in Florida some, mm-hmm. to the NFL. You don't live very that'll long get you doing killed. that. Yeah, yeah that'll like, get you killed. We see the best running quarterbacks not doing that too often. Like, Lamar runs pretty tough, but he also knows, like, how to fall down nicely. I've talked about that before. Like, yeah. he knows how to take that hit and not just, like, boom. Like, he always falls with it and doesn't get seem to really ever get hurt. Richardson was trying to lay people out. So real quick, do you think that after what? Six games? No, not even six games. Four games. Cause he was out for one of the other games after four games, his rookie season looks to be over. Was there anything that you felt confident in the seeing from his game that you can ride into next season? It didn't look terrible. I know a mm-hmm. lot of people out there, we're desperate to try to take anything he did and be like, see, look, look, he's great accuracy, but you need to look at his actual numbers and they were pretty low. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of what we, I think, expected, but maybe the game didn't seem too big. Like maybe he could actually develop into it. I know right. it didn't feel like Trey Lance or somebody like that. It felt like he could. Where it was just big eyed. Yeah. Like he could get there eventually. It just might take some time, but he might just be more like a Lamar where he runs a lot. He needs that threat of the run to throw the ball to really keep defenses honest and create those openings. And if that's the case, that boy better learn how to slide or something. He's going to have to learn how to take hits differently. For sure. Go to the Tua school of taking hits. Okay. Yeah. Apparently Apparently, that's been a thing that he did in the off season and it's paying dividends. Yeah. We'll probably see a lot of these running quarterbacks or mobile quarterbacks doing that. That's super smart. Like what a great idea to learn how to fall. Like he did jujitsu. Yeah. So that's a that's next level right there. There you go. All right. And then my last topic. I I know that this is a topic very near and dear to your oh, heart. Okay. Do you think that after a journey, let's call it, that the Washington commanders have solved their quarterback issues long term? If you had asked me this at the beginning of the season, I would have been very hesitant. It feels like they have. Like, I'm very yeah. optimistic about it. Sam Howell okay. is leading a lot of categories for quarterbacks through mm-hmm. his, and he's only played seven games. Who knows? But I feel pretty confident that he's not like a jag. He's not a bad quarterback. He's not a bust. 
Mm-hmm. Is he a Kirk Cousins or is he a Joe just you know, Burrow? You know, is he a top you know half or is he a top five guy? That's way down the road. But he seems like he can be a solid starter. Okay. I mean, we'll have to see how defenses you know defenses adjust. I keep saying that. True. But like he's got a good arm. He his knows. his ball placement is wildly underrated. Like that dude is dropping dimes. Great accuracy. His big problem right now is he holds on to the ball too long. Mm-hmm. I think his understanding of the offense will lead to him making quicker decisions, getting it out of there, and that will hopefully save him because otherwise he will be dead soon. <laughs> okay, so then if he is your guy, like if you think he's the guy for the next let's say five years, okay. How do you help him? How do you best help him? Because your team doesn't feel like they have, sorry, it doesn't feel like they have that far to go to close the gaps with some of these teams, especially in the NFC East. So what is it you see that this team needs to do to help him? Okay. You're getting me on my commander soapbox. How nice. A little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's like a gift. They need to invest more in the offensive line. Okay. Even though. That's not a sure thing though. That's not a sure thing. Because Evan Neal. Big pick, who is just awful. So be smart about those investments. Yes, that's all. But they need to invest them. They've kind of been neglecting it for sure for a little bit. Like they did a couple draft picks, sat on that for a while, and they haven't done it too much recently. So you need to invest some more in that. Um, keep Eric Bieniemy around. <laughs> Let him be more time in that offense. I don't care if that means yeah. making him your head coach slash offensive coordinator. Keep Eric Bieniemy around. Yes. Also. Absolutely. I mean, unless Jack Del Rio can figure out this defense, I keep having this conversation year in and year out. Where I'm like, get rid of Jack Del Rio, and then things turn around. So I don't know if we just need a guy who can start the season good with this defensive talent. Mm-hmm. So probably get a different defense to help you out because the offense okay. is not the problem. Okay, but then you look at the defense; they've invested quite a bit. Like where, Jack Del where Rio, is the I issue? Guess. You think it's the scheme? It feels like it. I mean, if you want me to deep dive, I can go into it. A little bit. I, hey, take take a minute. Take a minute. So the three losses were three games where they played heavy man coverage because they were mm-hmm. trying to load eight men into the box to stop the run. I don't know why you do that on the Bills, but they did. And they kept putting guy Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback we drafted to be a zone guy, man to man with guys like Stephon Diggs and DJ Moore. Ooh. And then he kept yeah, getting beat. That's not a good one. And he didn't it's not a winning combination. Help over the top. They weren't like bracketing them, like giving them help. So it's the reverse of William Jackson the third <laughs> situation. He's overcorrecting. Like I don't know what. Like why would you be doing that? They played zone match at the end of last season, like for the last half when the defense was playing great. And they stopped doing it because he didn't know how to make that system work and stop the run. Even though, from what I've been reading online, that's not that hard of a thing to do to play like stay in that zone match, but then, you know, kind of play it more so where it's helps the run game. Mm-hmm. So I don't like, I don't know. He's maybe just not that creative. Yeah. Okay. So that's my big issue is, you know, he was playing, we have built a team for zone guys. Like that's Kendall Fuller's a zone corner, Emmanuel Forbes zone corner. And then he was playing them in man and they were doing terrible. <laughs> like I'm dumbfounded. I don't have anything else to say. Like, <laughs> Your eyes are so big. You're just like, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. I mean, part of the problem, too, is like, how can he not get? We see other teams consistently get like a four man rush 
get pressure when it's the talent that we have. Why is mm-hmm. that not happening here? I don't know. Yeah, there are not that wrong. many good offensive lines. Yeah. They should be able to dominate some of these teams more yeah. so than they're doing. So I have to imagine it's coaching and scheme. Okay. Well, we kind of took a little detour or a tangent off of the initial question, but it sounds like you've got great optimism for your team's like extended outlook. Yeah, I think Howell is showing everything I could hope for. So I did the math through if you extend out his averages mm-hmm. for the season through six games, he'd be throwing for 4,250 yards, 27 Oof. touchdowns, and like 17, 18 picks, which most of those, like as an outlier, the four Buffalo game. If you take that out, that number drops drastically. Oh, man. That would be a hell of a season. First Especially for a guy in his first season, starting, yeah, first starting yeah. season. That is Ooh. everything I could hope for more. So I'd be Ooh. perfectly happy with that. So, Well, let's not let that be a thing, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your happiness can only go so far. You take let's not let that happen. Picks, his picks would drop to be like 10 on the season. Oof. Like if you don't still, uh, assume that he's going to have multiple of those games, which he might, though. He's first year starter. It very well might happen. All right. Okay. Well, then that's all the topics that I, got, that I wanted us to hit. Like, do you have any that you were thinking of or do you want to move on to the, our, our outlook for the next week? Let's go games? ahead and look ahead. Okay. Okay. To week well, while, seven. Perfect. Well, while you're looking up the game, that, what game you think is important, I have the first one. I'm looking at the Washington Giants game. This is a big game. Not only just for your team to continue their momentum, but maybe an opportunity for the Giants to gather some momentum and no better way to get it than within the division. This is a really a must win for the Giants if they want to get their season turned around. They're oh, yeah. quickly running out of time. Ugh, yeah. like, there's just not going to be enough wins with the team that isn't going to beat like the best teams, at least not consistently. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, this is a much win. A kind of a must win, I feel like, for both teams. Like, the commanders need this to kind of keep Mm -hmm. momentum going and keep those like, hey, we just won a game. I feel like it's a game they should win, but it's a game they could easily lose because it's an in-division game. I can never count out the Giants on this one. Mm -hmm. Oh, is Daniel Jones playing? Can I ask (laughs) That's the question. That's the question. Because I could easily see this one, but I'm like, yeah. Like, especially after that Bears game. I do not count any game a W for the Commanders. <laughs> but. There's no DJ Moore on the uh, on the Giants team. Exactly. So you're safe there. I think, I think I'm going to give it to the Commanders on this one. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a close game. Like, field goal difference. But okay. I'm give it to the Commanders. Okay. I am going to go with the Giants. Because I think. This is an opportunity for them to make a statement that they are not over, that they're not looking forward to next season already. Uh, again, inter- interdivisional games, always harder. Kayvon Thibodeau has been kind of coming on. It'll be interesting, I think. I'm actually so confident that I'm maybe going to put the score out there. Oh, okay. Y- yes. I think that the Giants win like 21 to 17. Oh, that would be a low scoring yeah. game for Washington. Yeah, twenty-one to seven. Quite a few points in every game except Buffalo. Yeah, but I don't think they've come across a, a team quite like the the Giants and the way that defense so rallies. My biggest concern is what you talked about. It's Thibodeau. It's also just the fact that what's his name loves to blitz. Oh, Wink Martindale loves the blitz. 
Yeah. There could be like, they could break a sack record in a yeah. individual game this week. Apparently, it doesn't Ooh. seem to really bother Howell. Like, he's not getting jittery. He's not getting like nervous in the pocket. Eventually, I think that might happen, though. But he's, mm-hmm. those hits got to take you eventually. But this well, that could you be say the, he holds the ball, so. He holds the ball a lot. Mm. Uh, mm. But that, that could be, if, the, if they're going to win, it's going to probably be that. I could unfortunately see that happening pretty easily. But if <laughs> Washington went to more of a quick game this week, especially mm-hmm. early on when they were doing really well, they mm-hmm. can stick to that idea, which is, I think I've been saying, like, three steps, throw. Like, you got to be quick. But some of that is Howell's decision-making, right, his decisiveness. Okay. All right. Well, I'm taking the Giants. You're taking the Commanders. Yes. What game you got? All right. All right. Who do I want to talk about? Um, You know what? I want to talk about them. It's Dolphins Eagles. Probably Oof. the game of the week. Oh, hands down. Easily. Easily. Do so the Eagles oh. come back to winning form or not? No. No, they do not. That Eagle secondary is god awful. And as if anything we know at this point, Mike McDaniels, he fields a track team. <laughs> so, no, they do not win this week. It's this is going to be a moment in time that I want to cherish because Eagles fans will be ready to jump off of a bridge and just cut everybody. Yeah. I texted you after the loss. Now it's time for the Dolphins to embarrass the Eagles on Sunday night football. <laughs> yes. That's what I yes. think is going to happen, man. The Dolphins can score a ton. And you're right. The Eagles secondary is not good. Yeah. You know, like, with the, just this game must last week against the Panthers, the Dolphins were down 14 to nothing. Like, I was like, oh, man, what, what's going to happen? Is this the upset? And you're like, no, no. They score really fast, and they score in bunches. And then sure shit, like clockwork, bam. And they're built to throw the ball. So the game plan doesn't change any different if they have to come back or not. Like, exactly. It's not like, oh, no, you're making us throw the ball. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, like just how do you scheme for uh, Tyreek Hill? Okay, well, you put a guy over the top of him. That's a good idea. But then what about Jalen Waddle? Oh, okay. Well, then what about Devin Achan or Raheem Mostert or like any one of these weapons that they have yeah. that can outrun everybody? That's the problem when you pair. They have a running game to go with that ridiculous passing game. Yeah. The Eagles, if I was them. You know, if I was the defensive coordinator, I would be up every night trying to be like, oh, shit, how am I stopping Waddle and Hill? And then you yeah. have to worry about if you're dropping everyone to bracket these guys, you have a light box and they're just going to run it on you. Exactly. And they draft Jalen Carter this year. They got Jordan Davis last year. It's time for those guys to pay some dividends. Like if this is a game where you need your picks to show up, it is. It's this one right here. But I, I just I can't see a scenario where they win. I think they're going to start pressing and her starts throwing picks. So that's another line I feel like hasn't lived up to the potential or the hype. Maybe. Oh, I mean, they've been good, but have you seen them really take over a game? Have you seen them really just, just dominate anybody? Yeah. I mean, I they're have, the yeah. heart of that defense, but maybe it's just the secondary is just so bad. That could be it. That's probably it. So because that secondary is awful, like you're getting the ball out quick. So, so, you you don't really give them the opportunity to shine. I'll I'll say it's probably that before Eagles fans come hunt me down. 
Yeah, bad news, Eagles fans. That shit ain't about to change. <laughs> I think bad we, news there. So we both are going Dolphins. Yes, oh, both Dolphins. It. Oh, well, prepare. be prepared, Matt. I mean, okay. the only thing I hate about that is your early season prediction. No, you were saying Jets, but you did talk about, you like the Dolphins a lot too early. I did like the Dolphins, yeah. You are talking about the, the Bills probably weren't winning the East. Mm-mm. Right now the Dolphins are. I did pick the Jets to win their division. That was so before Aaron Rodgers. That out. one doesn't work out. But uh, I did have one other game, and then if you want to uh, throw in your last one, it was uh, just the Baltimore-Detroit game. I feel like this is a game Baltimore needs to have, and this is the kind of game that Detroit, they need to submit people's thoughts about them, right? Like, this seems like a team that's coming up in the NFC. I'm already and- there. I am on the fucking bandwagon. We've been there for a while. I am ready to fucking go. I called them on the Lions and Bucks games. They came out and whooped ass. They did. They put it on them hard. Okay. So I assume you're taking the same route again this season, this week. Hell yeah. Okay. I'm going to follow suit. You, I went astray last week. I won't make the same mistake twice. I'm going to go with the Lions as well. I think this team just... It, feels different they're putting it together and if jameson williams can fucking catch the ball then this team is fucking cooking it's a team that's really playing hard as a team guys are grinding out i don't know if you watched any of the game or how much you saw but i I watched a little bit yeah if guys if you want to get a good idea of what this line team is see the amon rob brown touchdown where Mm -hmm. uh what's his name crap the other receiver comes tearing down the field to make a block that pops him open down the sideline. Like they're hustling their ass off for each other to make that play. That play doesn't become a touchdown if it wasn't for the receiver blocking down the field, but he wasn't even in the play at first. And he's comes off the screen, comes running into and boom, hits the quarterback and Brown gets around him. Then gets the edge and he's gone. Gotta love that the mentality they're doing. They're not just standing around and watching each other. Like you can say teams should do that, but they don't always do that. Players play for themselves. A lot of times, this is a mm-hmm. team that's really bought in on the idea that we're going to work our ass off. Well, Matt, I was already on board with you, but after listening to that very rousing speech, I might even put money on that game. I mean, you got to love it. Goff is incredibly comfortable in that system. Yeah. He's not great. Like, don't people see the stats. And I think they're going to overhype him. He's not great. Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown is really damn good. <laughs> oh, and that helps yeah. him out a ton. But he knows where to go. It's between the ears again. He knows where to put the ball. He knows who to get it to, where guys are going to be open. And then their offensive coordinator, what, Ben Johnson? Ben Johnson. He is doing a hell of a job. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about him as a head coaching candidate in the, in the offseason. Absolutely. And Aiden Hutchinson is having a year. Like Their <sighs> defense is coming together because, again, that offense puts a lot of pressure on people to keep up. Yep. So I like that the, team a ton. The the Lions, we've talked about in the past two seasons. We love what they were, what they're doing in the draft. Like they're building this team the right way and it's starting to pay dividends. So I'm ready to watch them beat the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens and then run away with the NFC North. Mm-hmm. No, they are by far. They're five and one way to go. Lions fans, right? Like you guys endured shit for so long. You, this is your time. Yeah. The city of Detroit needs to be burning the shit down like on a weekly <laughs> basis. Like you gotta love it for that fan base. That's amazing. So let's see. There's a lot of games that are like, eh, um, I don't know. 
that was my thing. It's like I was looking at all the games. I was like, eh, I don't know if that one's really that exciting or can go either way. There's not a ton of them that are super great. Um, let me just bring up. Mm, uh, I keep saying. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Okay, slow down, buddy. Okay, this is like children listen to us. You can't be moaning like that. Okay. This is a football podcast, <laughs> not, not one of your, your, your smut factories. <laughs> Can we do one that's kind of uh, like the opposite of what we normally do? Packers, Broncos. Okay. Oh, the who gives a shit bowl. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Up. The Packers are at negative one. That's like as low as wow. you can basically get on this Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. I... You know what's wild is I I honestly don't know I don't know I I don't fuck it Ty I, <laughs> I don't know I don't know they are playing at Denver I assume that helps the Broncos a little bit Broncos don't have a home field advantage <laughs> not anymore <laughs> like, oh. I just uh, it, is there a way that both teams can be embarrassed probably. That's how it ends then. Yeah, they both are playing bad, obviously, with their records and things. Yeah. Jordan Love is I think he's doing what I kinda expect. Like he's not terrible, but he's not great. He's yet. not. Like he's not. He's gotta learn. He needs yeah. the time. That's what people don't want to give quarterbacks nowadays. They always want to crown yes. them immediately. Because that's what happened after what, week one? Everyone's like, Oh, Jordan Love, he's amazing. Give it Exactly. Time. Let's like he could throw a ball, but let's see how I, how it all works. Right. Like everyone's been spoiled by these one year since or year one sensations like Lamar Jackson or hell, you can't even say Patrick Mahomes because he didn't even start his first year, but, but first year when he got his though. chance, you know what I mean? Like people have been spoiled by that. Like you, you need to give these guys time. And if the Packers are willing to do that, I think that Jordan Love could be good right now. It's, it's a lot of learning on the job. Yeah, so suffer through it. On the other hand, the Broncos are the opposite. That's a complete dumpster fire. <laughs> complete dumpster Sorry, fire. Sorry, Corey. Yeah, that's, that is unfortunate. Their offense, I said that before last week, the offense has been playing a little bit better lately. Of course, some of that was like what they played Washington. That helps everyone's offense right now. <laughs> I imagine like both defenses aren't playing great. It's going to probably actually score a bunch of points. You think so? I, I don't know. I feel like it might. It might be one that, like, oh, people are su- surprised. Broncos have scored points on some games, though. And the Packers, Kin, against a bad defense, like, say, the Bears. They scored a bunch. Okay. But I will, I'm going to give it to the Broncos. I don't know okay. why. I just feel like being generous. Okay. Hey, I respect that. You know what? I would like to amend my pick. Okay. I just realized that it is week seven. So I will be picking the Broncos to be trading away all of their assets before the end of week eight. That's going to be my pick. <laughs> there you go. And that is going to be the one that hits. <laughs> that's going to be the one that hits. That That's the prediction that I can make for that team. Ooh, yeah. Next <laughs> oh, week, my God. We're going to start having to talk about like projecting out through this year and stuff. I know. And we're getting like, to that midpoint. We hit the halfway mark, right? And then it's like the, we know who these teams are at this point. Who are the ones that are going to be able to sustain that success? I'm excited for that. Is there any dark horses that might come up? Anyone Ooh, you know there is. Us? You know there is, sir. A little peek ahead maybe the next couple weeks. 
All right. Well, I mean, that's all I got, man. That's it. I think it's been another good episode. Oh, absolutely, guys. Thanks for listening. You take it easy. All right. We're the Delay Game Pod. Find us on Twitter at the Delay Game Pod. If you're listening, please do us a favor and tell your friends to listen as well. Bye. Or we'll fuck you. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs>